tell us what does right. Talibanism mean, and then we're going to go straight into globalization and into Trump. I can summarize this ideology, Talibanism, in two key characteristics. The first one is rejection of modernity, and the second one is rejection of globalization. The rejection of modernity essentially means that they do not uh, believe in the key tenets of the modern world. Um, modernity started uh, or emerged in Europe in 17th century. And our American society today is based on uh, modern principles and values, things like uh, critical thinking, representative democracy, rule of law, separation of church and state, women's rights, human rights, capitalism, civil society, so on and so forth. These are all very important pillars of modernity. Talibanism also rejects globalization because globalization essentially negates tribalism. For the Talibans of the world, the ISIS of the world, there is a tribe called the Muslim tribe, which is opposed to the Christian tribe, the Jewish tribe, so on and so forth. That's their view um, of the world. This world is composed of tribes, and every tribe stands um, against the competing tribes. Uh, so in a nutshell, that's what tribalism, uh, what Talibanism is, rejection of modernity and rejection of globalization. Tell us what, how Donald Trump fit, fits into this conversation. Trumpism, not just the person of Donald Trump, the ideology that has emerged around this uh, person, uh, Trumpism, is the American version of Talibanism of the Islamic world today. Uh, again, that may sound ridiculous to some people, but let me do a comparison between Donald Trump's and uh, a Talibanist politician, Mahmoud Ahmadinejad. Do you remember him? Yeah. Tell the audience uh, without much delay, who he is. Mahmoud Ahmadinejad uh, was a former president of the Islamic Republic of Iran. You see, he intentionally uses unsophisticated language to appeal to the less educated, right? But he often used very harsh and rude language uh, when he talks to his political opponents. Well, that must sound a lot like Donald Trump, right? It's as if Donald Trump uses Ahmadinejad's playbook in, in politics. Uh, but the similarities do not end here, though. A big chunk of the political base of Donald Trump resent globalization and also many faces of the modern world many facets of the modern world. And that's where ta Trumpism and Talibanism, in my opinion, meet. What do you think are the, are the main drivers of the backlash against globalization? Now, cultural uh, uh, globalization in the cultural sense of the term essentially means that ideas, values are shared now across the globe.
And that will ultimately lead to loss of identity for people. You hear it all the time, for example, from evangelical Christians or uh, Christian nationalists in the US that, hey, we cannot identify America anymore as our homeland. We don't recognize America anymore. That's essentially, that's, the, that's one of the consequences of the cultural aspect of globalization. And loss of identity always creates anxiety and security for people. Movements such as the Taliban, white nationalists, Christian nationalists in the US, all of these movements in their own ways, they all embody fear, fear of the other, fear of loss of identity. And I gotta be very, uh, very blunt here. Our globalized world is a scary place to live for a lot of people around the world. And that's where the backlash against globalization comes into play. You know, the UN reported two out of three Afghanis right now can't survive on their own. They need humanitarian aid. The, the funny thing is the Taliban saying, hey, we've reduced violence in the country. Of course they did, because they're the ones suicide bombing their own people. That's the scam. Yeah. Yeah. So why do, what do you think was going on in, geopolitically in this country during the Biden administration's initial months? If you really go back 20, 30 years ago for the rise of, of Al-Qaeda, Taliban, and then ISIS, which is really an offshoot of Al-Qaeda, all of these terrorist organizations have their roots in Wahhabism, the official religion of Saudi Arabia, right? So just think about it. Some 44 years ago, the, the Islamic Republic of Iran come into existence, a Shiite government, and it has very big agenda. It has uh, aspirations. I, uh, the, uh, you know, Ayatollah Khomeini was not content to have an Islam, his, his version of uh, government in Iran. He wanted to take over Iraq, Lebanon, um, Syria, and um, thanks to the, our invasion of Iraq, his dream you know, came through. So now you have a Shiite belt in the Middle East. Let me say something about global, uh, globalization so that we know it is, it is unavoidable. We can't escape it. It is here to uh, escape. Just think about it. Think of a, an imaginary person, Joe, who lives in uh, Fresno, right? I, I'm trying to paint a, a scenario for you to, to picture how, uh, how we are all, how we have all embraced globalization, all of us. Joe lives in Fresno. He gets up in the morning and the first thing he does, he drinks a cup of coffee. The coffee beans come from plantations in Brazil. Then Joe gets into his car to go to work and he drives a Toyota. That Toyota was designed in Japan. Its parts probably were made in South Korea using Russian steel, Japanese, uh, Chinese aluminum, and Indonesian rubber. Then Joe uh, realized that, oh, 
I'm out of gas, so he stopped. By the way, Joe's Joe's Toyota was assembled in Mexico. Okay. (laughs) So Joe stopped at the Shell gas station, which happens to be a British multinational oil company. That oil that Joe pumps actually was extracted from an oil well in Saudi Arabia by a French oil company. And then that oil was transported to California in a ship that that is owned and operated probably by a Norwegian company. Once Joe is on the freeway, he wants to make a phone call to his mom to say hi. He he uses his Nokia cell phone, which was probably designed in Finland and assembled in China using chipsets that uh, were engineered in my beautiful city, uh, San Diego, by Qualcomm. You get the picture? No, exactly. Basically, we can't run away from globalization. And again, I want to go back to my opening remarks. Yes. If, if we stop, try to, uh, you know, force globalization to stop, and, and, and I want to give Bill Clinton a lot of credit uh, where he came up with NAFTA uh, back in 90, what year was it, 94? Uh, which was a tough deal to, to cut with the U.S. unions, uh, especially UAW and some of the other ma- major unions. But he realized if you don't take prosperity to Mexico, we're going to have to deal with massive migration into the United States from Mexico and other Central uh, uh, American uh, countries. But we, we can't escape globalization. Trump is a political opportunist. He exploits real grievances of a large segment of our society. Grievances such as the, uh, the fact that Washington is broken. We have a gridlock political system. We have powerful lobby that controls our Congress. The super rich who have a disproportionate weight in shaping laws and public policy the fact that the voice and views of the average citizen does not register in the halls of power. These are real grievances that people have in our country. Unfortunately, Donald Trump is a false prophet. He is the wrong man to reform the broken system that we have. We need a a new leadership that can really address the true grievances of a large segment of our society. 